Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. This is Maria Shabla. Today, I will be speaking with Vin DiCrescenzo, Director of Veterans Program for the David Lynch Foundation. This episode will cover the practice of transcendental meditation. Welcome, Vin. Hi, Maria. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. Um, So, Vin, let's start from the beginning. Where are you from, and do you have a connection to the military or family history of service? Sure. So, I am a lifelong New Yorker, born in Brooklyn, still live in New York City, um, and while I'm not a, a veteran myself, I did marry into a military family. Um, and, you know, that really informed me a lot about the work that I, I do. Uh, I'm sure your audience is well aware that, you know, it's not just the veteran who's serving. It's really the whole family that that sacrifices. And I, you know, I guess I sort of knew that. But until I really saw it up close with my in-laws, um, it really made an impact on me. And it was really kind of inspired me to get into this work in some ways. Um, do you mind me asking what branch? Yeah, so I have a father-in-law who was uh, a Korean War Army veteran, and a brother-in-law who was also an Army veteran. He served in Afghanistan. And then his son, my nephew, who was in the Navy and who was serving um, in the Persian Gulf. So, you know, what really struck me is, um, you know, at one point, I think it was about 10 years ago, uh, both my brother-in-law and his son were both deployed at the same time. So you can imagine, and I'm sure folks that are listening have gone through something similar, you know, the amount of stress that it caused back home. I mean, they had elderly parents and grandparents who were worrying about their son and worrying about their grandson at the same time. And, you know, so while, you know, they were obviously um, serving and, you know, were in harm's way, um, back home, you had, you know, older folks who were losing sleep. And, you know, every time they saw a story on the news, you know, wondering, you know, is that my son or is that my grandson? You know, so it really made an impact on me. I mean, I, I guess it's not not usual to have two family members deployed at once, maybe, but just having one, the amount of stress and strain that it puts on the family back home really made an impression on me. And, and some of the things, too, that I think maybe folks who aren't from military families maybe wouldn't even think of or things that I never occurred to, like my nephew, you know, his appendix, uh, he had to have an emergency appendectomy, you know, while he was deployed in the Persian Gulf, you know, on the Navy ship. So, you know, things like that happen, you know, you think of maybe typical situations where you might be in harm's way, and then there are things you don't even consider. I mean, just, I can't imagine having surgery on a ship halfway around the world that, you know, just having surgery alone would be stressful. So there's so many ways um, that, you know, our, our veterans have sacrificed and our military families have sacrificed. And there's, you know, there's so much stress and trauma around service. And that's a big part of, you know, the mission of our foundation is to address that. Wow. Wow. That's wonderful. Well, well, on that line, can you tell us about the mission of the David Lynch Foundation? Yeah, sure. So the foundation um, was founded by some of you audience may be familiar with the filmmaker David Lynch. He's a, a wonderful man and a uh, kind of an avant-garde filmmaker who's been around for a very long time. Um, and he started the foundation a little over 15 years ago. And the mission has always been to um, bring meditation to underserved populations and particularly those that have suffered trauma. So over the years, um, we've worked with kids in really tough neighborhoods. Uh, we've worked with um, survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, the last couple of years, we started a program called Heal the Healers, where we're working with frontline healthcare workers who are dealing with the COVID um, crisis, because as I'm sure everyone knows, you know, imagine what life is like for them. I mean, every day, you know, when certainly at the peak of COVID, dealing with the stress of, you know, having to be sometimes the last person um, to speak to someone before they pass away when their family, you know, they were being quarantined from their family members or just, you know, working extraordinary hours under extraordinary stressful situations and then not even being able to see their loved ones because they were worried that they were going to come home and spread COVID. So that population 
um, has really suffered a lot of trauma the last couple of years. So we've been bringing meditation to them. Uh, but for myself, um, I'm the director of our veterans program. So really, um, that's been my focus for the most part for the last several years. And we have been bringing meditation, you know, the, mostly to veterans. But, you know, Maria, we work with folks at really every stage of military life. So we have taught meditation to cadets uh, at places like Norwich University, which is the oldest military, private military college in the country up in Vermont. Uh, we've worked with active duty military at places like Fort Gordon. Um, and we've worked with folks at something called National Defense University, which is a, a it's, I think it's outside DC, but where it's sort of our next generation of military leaders are training there as well. And of course, we work with many, many veterans. Our biggest partner is the VA. We work with veterans all over the country at VA hospitals. Um, and so, you know, it's really been a very, very rewarding. Um, what we do is we teach a very particular type of meditation called transcendental meditation, which is often referred to as TM. Okay. Um, and so what exactly is TM? I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> so if, if you're familiar with meditation, there are lots of different types um, and many different types of meditations. You know, it's sort of like um, sort of analogous to, let's say, uh, medication, let's say an antidepressant. You know, there maybe there's a half dozen out there and one might work well for one person and another for another person. So this is just one of many different types of meditation. Um, but to just you know, be a little more specific, it's a very simple, natural technique. It's typically practiced about 20 minutes twice a day, once in the morning and once again later in the afternoon. Um, it involves the use of a mantra, which is really just a sound that doesn't have any meaning to it. And um, one thing that makes it a little bit different than some other forms of meditation is that it's only taught by certified transcendental meditation instructors. Um, so the instructors who are teaching it have all gone away for usually about five or six months of in-residence training before they can become certified to teach. And then usually many of the, or I would say all of really the instructors in our military program have gone through additional training on how to work with people who have survived trauma. Um, you know, sort of what to say, what not to say. So, you know, while we're not mental health practitioners, we're really sensitive to understanding veterans' cultural competency when we're working with, with veterans and understanding people who are surviving trauma. And we're lucky enough to have a couple of wonderful uh, TM instructors who are also military veterans. So that makes it even better. Wow. So what led you to your interest in learning this type of practice? Pure luck. <laughs> I think uh, I had a friend uh, from college, Adam Friedman, who was worked in nonprofits for many years and was meditating for about 20 years. And I remember the job came up for him to come work at the David Lynch Foundation. And I was all over him. I said, you got to take this job. It's just perfect for you. It's like a nonprofit that's helping homeless and veterans with meditation. Um, and he got the job. And then I just came in to try to really just consult for the foundation about five or six years ago. And I just fell in love with it. I uh, just right away, um, there was an opportunity to work in the on the veterans program. And it just was one of those things where, you know, we're lucky if it happens to you in your life where you just feel like this is the right place at the right time for me. This is sort of whatever I've been doing leading up to this felt like prologue to working at the foundation. You know, it was sort of my own skill set, which came out of sort of communications and marketing. Um, but then also with sort of a desire, which I don't even think I really realized at the time until I started to work there, mm -hmm. um, to do something in, that involved giving back, you know, to do something that was more of a social service, which is sort of how our foundation operates. You know, we're a, we're a nonprofit that sort of functions like a social service agency delivering, you know, what we look at as a medical intervention uh, to address trauma. So I just feel really lucky. I just kept showing up and it's a really wonderful place with really, we have wonderful support um, from our donors and, um, you know, the opportunity just grew and, uh, you know, over time I became the director of the program and uh, we've really expanded and, and we really, it's just very, very rewarding work. Yeah. It sounds like everything just fell into place. It did. And I think that um, part of it too, is that myself, um, I learned to meditate about, and I had tried, I don't know, probably from some of your listeners, 
Um, it's, it's pretty popular now meditation. There's so many different types of meditation. You know, you can learn via an app or you could, um, watch a YouTube video or you could take class. So there's so many different ways to learn. Um, none of them really stuck with me until I started working with the foundation and I learned TM. And I think some of the reasons, um, you know, first, you know, whatever difficulties I might've been going through in my life, it really seemed to help me sort of. And I've heard this from the veterans we work with, too, sort of provide sort of a layer of calm, sort of a foundation for you to sort of build the rest of your day. So it's not like it's the answer to all your problems, but it just sort of helps you kind of have a calm basis to your day so that when you're dealing with the anxieties and stresses that inevitably come up in our lives, we just tend to deal with them a lot better. And and what's kind of what I like about it, I think the way that it stuck with me personally, again, how I think a lot of the, the veterans have taken to it is it's very, very easy. It's very simple and it's very easy. Uh, it's not a philosophy. It's not a religion. You don't have to change your lifestyle. They're not saying, you know, you know, don't drink this or don't do that. It's just, you know, uh, you're just encouraged to, to do this technique 20 minutes twice a day. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things I think that I, I've noticed, uh, you know, sort of anecdotally from veterans is, as we know, the veterans sort of culturally or sort of, in my opinion anyway, tend to really like to be self-reliant. You know, we yes, hear that, that a lot. That's very true, yes. Yes, that, well, you know, you're a veteran yourself, right? I mean, do you, do you assume that that's the, what you get from the, the people you serve with, you feel the same way? I definitely, I think it's part of the culture, for sure. Yeah. So what we get, you know, there's, and again, one of our biggest partners is the VA and the VA is fantastic. Um, but not every veteran wants to engage with VA. You know, there, a lot of them will say, geez, you know, they just wrote me another prescription. I don't want to take any more pills. I don't, mm-hmm. I want to be self-reliant. I want to be vigilant. I don't want to be, feel like I'm not myself, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure you, you get to hear that a lot too. And, and this is not something that we ever say, Hey, we ever say to anyone, Hey, stop taking your meds. Absolutely not. You continue to do whatever your doctor prescribes and you make decisions with your doctor, mm-hmm. but it tends to help. It tends to, we find that veterans um, tend to sleep better. You know, they, uh, their, their symptoms, if they have post-traumatic stress, tend to, to kind of be mitigated a bit. The anxiety and the stress levels tend to be in. And we hear this a lot from veterans, again, anecdotally, and I could go into the, this tremendous amount of research as well, but anecdotally, we'll often hear veterans say to us, geez, you know, I haven't slept through the night in years, and now I'm sleeping. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And when I hear that, it's like, you know, that's gold to me. Like, that's why I get up in the morning because we all know, you know, we could get, you know, just if you want to keep it really simple, if you're not sleeping, you know, you've got all kinds of issues. Right. And right, if you're sleeping, right. it makes such a, a difference. So that alone, I mean, sometimes I've, you know, like I said, I've heard vets say, you know, it's been 12 years since I slept. And after doing this for a few nights, I'm sleeping through the night. Now, it's not always the case, but that happens quite a bit so um i think it's uh, i found that they've really liked it and i think also it helps with um again this is all anecdotal and i get into the to the research because it's one thing for me to say it but you know there's a lot of uh, there's been millions and millions of dollars spent by the department of defense and the veterans administration and the national institute of health to do research clinical trials on the efficacy of tm and and trauma and veterans with post-traumatic stress um, but again, just my experience from talking to veterans is, you know, they, even the most skeptical ones, I always get a kick out of this, Marie, you this, this might make sense to you is when, when they, you know, I'll have, have vets say to me, I thought this was nonsense, you know, and, or, and then, you know, but, but I can't believe it, you know, I'm doing so, it's always the ones who, who yes. are most skeptical <laughs> that seem to take to it the most, you know, oh, wow. you know, and I always get a kick out of that. Um, but, um, so, yeah, I mean, I could get into the, to, to the research a little bit, um, or as much as you like, but really um, there's been 40, 50 years worth of research into transcendental meditation um, for a number of different things, including things like hypertension, um, stress, trauma. Uh, a couple of the, the larger studies that were done 
Um, a couple of years ago, there was the Department of Defense funded a $2.4 million study at the San Diego VA. Wow. Uh, yeah, and it was um, it, the results were very, very positive for TM. So it was comparing um, transcendental meditation to prolonged exposure uh, in the treatment of post-traumatic stress. Are you familiar with PE at all? What is it now? Yeah, so it's it's one of the VAs and the Department of Defense's kind of first line interventions for treating post traumatic stress. Okay, and and uh, it's what you know it's um it, what it involves. It, it can be pretty effective, but it involves often reliving trauma, right? Okay. So so imagine you know you may have to a veteran may be diagnosed with post traumatic stress and then pee. And I'm not an expert, but it involves things like watching videos. Um, of events that are related to the traumatic experiences you have. And over time, um, you know, you become more desensitized to them and sort of get over them. Mm -hmm. So it can be effective, but as you can imagine, a lot of veterans don't want to relive their trauma. Right. Um, you know, and so a lot of them don't want to do this type of treatment. Mm -hmm. And even once they start, there's a very high dropout rate. Wow. So, so when we measured um, transcendental meditation versus this exposure therapy, um, TM was found to be at least, if not more effective in the treatment of post-traumatic stress than, um, than exposure therapy. So again, what's great about that is not only does it kind of, you know, suggest that, hey, maybe this should be another intervention that the VA or the DOD should be, you know, recommending to people, um, but it's something that it's kind of benign, right? It's sort of, it's easy to do and it's not, you know, it's, it's just something you can, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, we, you know, you could sit, you know, anywhere where you could sit on the bus and do it. You could sit at home, you know, you can take it with you, you know, like there's so many great interventions. Like I always joke about, we have, I don't know if you guys ever work with equine therapy at all. We, we do actually. Yeah. What is your experience with that? Um, well, there's a local organization here um, called Healing Hoofsteps that I went out and met with their director and, um, they have, I think, two different types of therapy. Um, one is just being around the horses and mm -hmm. and the therapist, and I think the other one is actually riding. So um, it was very interesting. Which did you do any of the riding, or you, did you? I did. I did a little <laughs> bit of riding, and it was um, it was pretty exciting because I, I don't remember having been on a horse as an adult. So, <laughs> uh, well, it seems great. I hear great things. I haven't been around it too much myself i hear great things from you know we have partnered with other organizations and the vets who have done it um and it seems wonderful mm -hmm. um what i what i always say to people too is though is that you know you can't take the horse home that's the only thing you know oh. like, you know it's like it's a great sort of experience to do yeah. a few times um, and so I'm, I, I fully encourage people i'm not not criticizing in any way mm -hmm. but the thing that's really i i think is sort of unique to meditation in some ways is that it's so portable, right? You just, wherever, anytime, anywhere you can meditate. Yeah, that's you know, a you great just need point. To, mm -hmm. And so, and again, and, and it's something that, you know, while we do lots of group meditations with veterans, matter of fact, during COVID, we started doing them daily on via Zoom. So that's oh, wow. that's all over the country could log into Zoom and meditate together and kind of talk about their experience and and speak with the teacher if they have questions, um, which is fantastic. So it's something that you could do in a group or you know you could do by yourself. Um, it's just very very accessible and easy to do once you've learned. Wow, yeah, that sounds great. Um, so Vin, as the director of veteran programs for the David Lynch Foundation. Um, can you tell us about your role and the programs that are offered? Sure. So my role is really um, often to work on sort of our strategic partnerships like the one we have with you guys at EOD Warrior Foundation. Um, you know, we have this technique um, that, again, we think is a really strong uh, intervention for, for people who suffered trauma um, but we need to, we need our partners really to reach the veterans, you know. So, um, so a big part of what I do is either go out and seek new partnerships um, or really just kind of work with the partners that we have and, and getting the vets instructed. So, 
Um, we were just talking about this before we came on. I think we started about 2016 with EOD Warrior Foundation, which is about um, when I came on. And we were connected through another really amazing organization called uh, Boulder Crest. Um, and so Boulder Crest has a number of retreats around the country, and they do something that's it's for combat veterans, and I think it's about a week long, and they do a, a number of different modalities. Um, and it's they have a philosophy which is something called post-traumatic growth. Right. So it's right. really t- are you familiar with it? Yes, uh, Boulder yes. Crest and post. And, yeah, you, and it's the path have, program. Yeah, it's exactly. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I guess you do you know some veterans who've gone through it or? Um, personally, I, I don't yet because I'm so new to the organization, but um, but I've heard wonderful things about the PATH program, and I, I know it's benefited a lot of our um, EOD uh, community. So Yeah, well, that, I'm not exactly sure how, but we got connected somehow through Boulder Crest, but mm-hmm. yeah, we, we, um, we partner with Boulder Crest and woven into this week-long, you know, it's sort of a retreat where they bring veterans in from all over the country. And there's all kinds of modalities. There's things like songwriting, and, um, but TM is woven into every single Boulder Crest retreat. So everybody who goes learns um, the technique. Uh, so that's like one of our great partners that we love to work with. Again, we've worked with VA hospitals all over the country, um, and that's you know again connecting with those uh, VA hospitals is really a big part of what I do in my role. We have a really wonderful program. You know, like everyone else, um, things get, you know, had to change a bit during COVID. Um, TM is taught in person. Um, so just to give you a sense, uh, that it's a, it's a four-session course to learn. Uh, and those sessions are taught four consecutive days for about an hour in person. So after that, you can do all kinds of follow-up on the phone or via Zoom um, but those first four days are in person. So it's been a little trickier for us the last couple of years during COVID just to make sure that everybody was safe and vaccinated and distance. And, you know, and the VA was, you know, had a lot more kind of protocol about us going in there and teaching. Uh, so we are still continuing to do some of those programs, but we had to sort of make some modifications during COVID. But um, one of the great programs that we had was, is at the Bronx VA Hospital. Um, and they have um, uh, something called their Re- Wellness and Resilience Program. And what they did was a really innovative program. They found, uh, you know, they profile veterans every month, a cohort that they feel might be uh, expressing uh, suicidal ideation and high risk for suicide. Um, and they invite them to join this cohort. And it's a month long program. Again, sort of like Boulder Crest, except. You know, it's not a retreat. They kind of come back and forth to, to the hospital for a month. Mm-hmm. And they do a number of different modalities. You know, I think they do, um, I think there might be some type of yoga and some type of um, nutrition and things. And again, TM is woven right into that program as well. Wow. And um, so the original, they did some kind of evaluations of it in paper and the results are really outstanding so far. That's so, wonderful, yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's you know, it is. It's a big one of the big impetus that we've had is we have a program called 21 to None. And I mean, I'm sure you're aware the suicide rate among veterans is I mean, I don't even I don't know what the word is to describe it. You want to say that it's tragic, but that almost doesn't seem to be enough. You know, it's just heartbreaking and you know, something has to be done. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and and what we we've what we've kind of our experience with working with VA and, and we work with folks on Capitol Hill and we've, we've met with people in the Department of Defense and we've met with the, the current VA secretary and the previous VA secretary. Um, and I think, you know, the general feeling is, you know, folks in the Department of Defense and at the VA, they really recognize um, how urgent and tragic this issue is. Um, but they're they need help. You yes. know, it's mm-hmm. it's an all hands on deck. You know, uh, you know there isn't just a one you know fix for this that the VA could roll out. It it involves VA, Department of Defense. It involves military spouses. It involves nonprofits. We need help. You know, community partners, local government. Everybody really has to has to help. And yeah. um, you know, so that's why I think we just we don't certainly don't come in and say like 
you know, we're the, you know, be all end all. And the one thing that, you know, we're one of many, many, many organizations and many, many kind of interventions that could really help to, to reduce that rate. And that's, that's a really a big impetus for why we do what we're doing. Right. And, and there definitely is a shift in um, the healthcare model in the VA right now. So I think that TM fits right into that, um, more focused on nutrition and mindfulness. So, um, do you yeah, there's something called, I uh, didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, there's something called the whole health program yes. within VA. Yes, yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of receptivity uh, for meditation. And in fact, some of them are really mandated to weave that into their um, offerings. So um, it's really, it's kind of funny because, you know, you look at sometimes the VA as this big giant bureaucracy, but really it's made up of people, right? Like right. anything else. And, um, you know, and there's the, there's this expression you've probably heard, you know, if you've been to one VA, you've been to one VA, right? Like every single VA is so different. Um, but I found myself that on the ground, when you're meeting with the social workers and the psychologists and the psychiatrists and even folks at administrative staff, I mean, they, they're often people who, you know, may, they could probably make more money working somewhere else or, you know, but they really are very mission driven, you know, and despite, you know, that it's a big unwieldy bureaucracy, I, I found that there's a lot of, there's a lot of heart on the ground and a lot of people who really care. And so like when we've, you know, they've helped us, you know, bring this in, you know, get around whatever bureaucratic hurdles we needed to, to just get directly to the vets and bring this intervention, you know, and, and so um, I just love the folks that we work with at VA. They're really, you know, from every level, from the folks at the very highest level, which we work with, to the folks on the ground, I'm, you know, really amazed um, by how much people really care. Yeah, that is fantastic. Um, I actually reached out to the VA whole health team here locally, um, and we're interested in learning more about that as well. So it's exciting. Um, and I wanted to ask, so do you have a specific story that you can share that highlights the difference that TM is making in the lives of veterans? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, we try to balance both things. We try to balance, you know, it's, we, we want to establish it as a medical intervention. So we have to do the research. But at the same time, it's really important to tell the stories, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so we've had, uh, so we, we sort of have wonderful testimonials. Um, there is a veteran in particular um, in Ohio um, who is a high school teacher. And he, um, you know, he tells his story. Um, you know, he served both in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, you know, he came back and father of five and a high school teacher and really his entire life pretty much fell apart, he'll tell you, um, when he got back and he was about to lose his wife and his kids and everything. Oh my goodness. And yeah, and it's a story we hear a lot, right? Mm -hmm. um, that transition back. Um, and he really credits... He tried so many things, um, but he really credits TM more than anything for turning his life around. And he, um, you know, he's interested in becoming a teacher himself, and he's really been a big supporter of the program. Um, and he tells his story really, really well. Um, and, and, you know, and one of the things that I think that we hear a lot about, um, like I mentioned earlier, was, and he mentioned this, is reactivity. You know, just mm -hmm. he would tell stories about how, you know, his kids were afraid of him, you know. And like, and it's hard for him to to even face that. Nobody would want to face that. Your kids are are scared of their own father. But just that ability to self regulate and you know pause um, and not react, I think can is, can make all the difference in the world. And so um, that's one veteran that I had in mind. And then um, you know we talked uh, earlier about Boulder Crest is a, a really amazing veteran, a guy by the name of Dusty Baxley, who's a buddy of ours, and. Uh, He's executive director of Boulder Crest, and he was an Army Ranger, and he tells his story. And, uh, you know, he, very similar, he, you know, had his, he came back and he, he lost his family, and, you know, he was suffering from alcoholism, and, you know, he had a couple of suicide attempts, and somebody recommended this to him, and it just changed his life. And he went on a mission and became a transcendental meditation instructor himself, and, then wound up becoming the executive director of Boulder Crest, and he has helped to bring TM to thousands of his brothers and sisters. And I think it's 
you know, I mean, for, for most folks or veterans who, you know, take to the technique, it's going to help them. But he's really made it his whole mission in life to to bring this to uh, other veterans. And I think, uh, you know, you guys, I think, know Dusty. Uh, he's a really special guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard great things about him um, from Sherry. So um, just really amazing sharing this and, you know, really seeing the impact that it's making on, on so many people's lives. Um, why is this so important to you? Well, I think for some of the reasons that um, I mentioned to you earlier, I mean, I think, again, personally, I've seen benefits, which is great um, for myself. And so when you see those benefits yourself, you think, you know, and I'm not somebody who's, um, you know, who served and is suffering trauma. So, um, you know, if I'm seeing benefits, you know, I, I think, boy, you know, I would really love to bring this to people who, who could use it even more than I can. And I think also, um, you know, for myself, I like so many of us want to um, give back, particularly to our veterans, especially like myself. I, you know, I didn't serve, even though I do have uh, family members who are in the military. So it feels like a way to contribute, you know, um, which makes me really happy. And I think that, you know, it um, it's kind of funny. We, we um, one time we, you know, it's, I could talk all day and I could talk about the research, but you know this, Maria, like when veteran to veteran is really the way that word gets spread, right? When they hear it from another veteran, right? You know, can they hear it from me and I can give you all the research and you can say, okay, yeah. that's nice. But then, you know, we sat, I sat in a meeting one time with a couple of veterans. One veteran had set up with a few other veterans. I think we were, we were talking to uh, veterans who were members of the NYPD and we gave them all the research and um, they kind of looked at us a little like, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then, then uh, the, uh, the Vietnam vet that had set up the meeting turned to him and said, guys, it just works. Yeah. You know, and they went out, oh, they went, oh, okay, it works. You know? <laughs> well, if he so, says so, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's right. And that guy's Ed Schloman, who's a, a longtime supporter of ours. Um, Ed is a fantastic guy. He runs his own um, nonprofit called Operation Warrior Shield in New York. He's out of Brooklyn and uh, he's uh, a Vietnam era veteran and he's been a tremendous supporter of ours over the years helping us to connect with VA and also helping us launch more recently a program with the NYPD. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's really, um, it's really starting to branch out from uh, veterans and military into law enforcement as well. Mm -hmm. um, the way we sort of got started with NYPD, there are thousands of active duty um, NYPD who are also military veterans. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so we started a pilot program um, with NYPD who were military veterans. And, you know, again, tragically, you know, three, four years ago, I think it was, they had a real uh, rash of suicides within their ranks. Um, and they made a decision to stand up a health and wellness uh, initiative within the NYPD. And uh, we, you know, we're connected with them through our buddy Ed Shloman, who's terrific. And we did a pilot program for about the last year. Uh, and, you know, whenever we do programs, we do, we evaluate them, you know, to make to be able to demonstrate um, the effects and they saw great results. And so now we have a great partnership with NYPD um, and we're expanding to other police forces, including uh, Capitol Police in DC. Mm, um, we work with them. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously we all know, um, those those folks really suffered a lot of trauma over the last year. So mm -hmm. um, we're happy to really get involved there, too, because we th think we could really make a difference. So Well, and I think um, that that speaks to the program, just the way that it's it's spreading so quickly to its effectiveness. I think you're right. What we really like everyone else, uh, the amount that we're able to do comes down to funding. You mm -hmm. know, I'm sure you guys run into this at EOD. So. You know, we have tremendously generous uh, donors who have uh, funded the foundation for over 15 years. Um, but that allows us to bring TM to, let's say, hundreds or thousands of veterans. We want to bring it to millions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and in order to do that, what we really have to do is um, prove through research that it deserves to be considered a frontline intervention for post-traumatic stress. And then if we can do that, insurance can cover it or the VA can cover pay for it or the Department of Defense can pay for it or Congress will pay for it so that we can now say okay any I mean that's our kind of dream that any veteran in America 
uh, could walk into a VA hospital or anywhere else and just get this intervention without having to pay for it at all. Um, so we're really, one. Of, our focus has sort of shifted over the last few years from, you know, we want to help veterans today, teaching them to meditate and addressing their trauma. But at the same time, we support research that's going to help us so that there could be long-term sustainable funding through uh, the government so that we could reach, instead of thousands, millions of veterans. Wow, that is wonderful. Well, um, do you have any new initiatives for 2022 coming up? What does the future look like for the David Lynch Foundation? Well, we do. We have a really uh, landmark study that we're beginning next year with VA. Um, and it is a study that we, you know, so I mentioned earlier that there was a Department of Defense funded study that was very successful. And again, our, if our goal is to get VA or to get DOD to, to accept it as a frontline intervention, they kind of said, you know, guys, that research is excellent, you know, it was, but it was at one site. The next step we really need to see is a larger multiple site study with more veterans in it. So that's exactly what we're doing. Um, we, we're working with VA to do a nine site study starting next year. It's going to be the largest research study ever conducted on veterans, meditation, and post-traumatic stress. Uh, and we are working with some of the top PTSD researchers in the entire world. We're working with folks, uh, within VA, there's something called the National Center for PTSD. Um, and they helped us to, that's basically the the VA's kind of PTSD research arm, they've helped us to design, it's really their study. We, we've kind of raised the funds and we're delivering the TM piece and helping them to organize. But it's really a VA study. Um, and so they've designed the study um, and we're working with researchers at Columbia and Georgetown and Stanford and USC and we're uh, in Denver, University of Colorado. And so just on and on and on. So. It's like if you were in the PTSD research world, you would, they were all sort of like a who's who of researchers on this project, which is really exciting. So, um, you know, one of the things uh, that we're, you know, we've got the, the funding together and we've got the great researchers together and we've had to sort of delay because of COVID, um, but we're getting ready to start in the spring. And really one of the big tasks that I'm personally um, working on is recruiting veterans to, to participate in the study in these nine different sites. So um, if there are veterans or if you have a, know a veteran that you think uh, might want to participate in the study, um, this, there, we have uh, three sites in New York. Uh, we have one in Palo Alto, Los Angeles, San Diego, Denver, Washington, D.C., as well as Boston. So uh, if, you know, if you're a veteran, you know veterans in any of those cities, you could reach out to us just at veterans at davidlynchfoundation.org. And uh, when the study comes, we'll, we'll let you know how to get involved. But it's, uh, it's not just uh, well, you know, a couple of things. First, if you're a veteran, you'll get a chance to receive an intervention for free that could help you with some of the issues that you might be dealing with. Uh, but it's also a way to give back, too, by participating in research um, you know, that could someday lead to funding. You're also really helping uh, your brothers and sisters um, who might be suffering post-traumatic stress and getting them this this intervention that can be so much help. So that's really our big, big impetus for this upcoming year is this major research project. That is so exciting. So, and hopefully some of our, our veterans that are listening will, will want to be involved in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if they're in any of those cities, just reach out to us. And you can always also go to our website as well, davidlynchfoundation.org. Great. Um, so if you could share one or two thoughts with our veteran population about the benefits of learning TM, what would it be? So, you know, I, I touched on some of them. Um, I think, you know, so, and again, these are established, you know, through research. So these are evidence-based. And, and some of them, as I mentioned, I can give you some anecdotes. But we really see an improvement in sleep. Um, reactivity is a big one. You know, um, I would say reduction in PTSD symptoms, which can include things like stress and depression. Um, but, you know, overall satisfaction in life. And then it comes up a lot. You hear this a lot. You know, uh, my spouse has noticed the difference. You know, so many times um, I, the first person I hear from is the spouse, you know, <laughs> right? And they're yeah. saying, hey, 
my husband's vet, he's having these problems. Um, what do you think? You know, and then, then, you know, they usually coax them into to learning, you know, cause you know, as you know, not everybody wants to reach out on their own or, or it's hard to face the issues you might be having. So, you know, those spouses are extraordinary and, and the moms and the siblings and the dads, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, go ahead. Oh know. no, I was just gonna, I was remembering we recently had that, EOD uh, tech that went through the program and then she enjoyed it so well that she reached out and wanted her husband to be part um, yeah. involved. So, Yeah, that's yeah. often how it happens. Yeah. And, you know, when, when funding allows, we love to do that um, because, you know, we always feel like, um, you know, if the, if the veteran learns along with their spouse, you know, it's something they can do together and, and um, they're more likely to stick with it, you know, and, and sticking with it is, is something that, you know, um, like people will often learn in this course and then sometimes they'll drift off. What's great about it is we offer a free lifetime of follow-up, you know, for the rest of your life, what you have to do is join one of our group meditations or email your teacher or pick up the phone and, uh, they can give you sort of a, what we call a refresher. Um, and you can meditate with the teacher again to just kind of keep you regular like it, you know, it's just like anything else. You really need to, to kind of maintain regular practice to continue to get the benefits out of it. Right. Well, that sounds fantastic. Um, and where can our listeners learn more about TM? Yeah, so I would say a great place to start would be to visit um, the David Lynch Foundation website, um, davidlynchfoundation.org, and go to our veterans page. Um, if you have any specific questions, you could always email us again at veterans at davidlynchfoundation.org. Um, so I think that would probably be a really good place to start. Um, if you're if you want to learn more information, and then as our research study rolls out early next year, um, we have lots of material about the study that I can send to you as well, and that we're going to be pushing out um, in the new year. Great, and um, and I know EOD Warrior Foundation. Um, last year, we were able to help thirteen. Was it thirteen EOD? That sounds teams? right. Yeah yep, yeah. yep. And then we're going to continue the TM scholarships into twenty twenty two. Um, and, and we're actually planning on increasing the number to 15. So, oh, well, thank you. Yes. I mean, it means the world to us. You know, um, like I said earlier, we have this technique, um, but we rely on our partners like you folks to connect us with the veterans. And, you know, certainly my experience has been so many people can benefit, veterans can benefit. I mean, you know, what we, what we, what I've certainly learned over the years is that, you know, we sometimes think, well, it's the combat veterans that really need the help, you know. Um, certainly the EOD warriors, I mean, I cannot even imagine the amount of stress that that position and that experience has. Um, so we're so happy to be able to serve the veterans, you know, that are, again, combat veterans and EOD veterans who are really dealing with the most intense, stressful circumstances. Um, so it's such a such an important partnership. But I also say to folks, you know, it isn't, it isn't just the combat vets, just, you know, you know, veterans, any veteran transitioning back um, is dealing with challenges, you know. Um, we work with veterans. Um, in New York, we have something called the City University of New York System, CUNY. And so there's about 25 city colleges, and they all have their thousands of student veterans. And we work with them as well because just that transition, you know, whether or not you've been a combat vet or not, out of the military into civilian life and then, into you know getting your higher education brings all kinds of stress uh, to it as well so um you know i like to think we're, we're trying to help certainly the mo the most challenged veterans um which again are, i think are often the navy seal veterans we work with or the eod veterans we work with or the combat veterans we work with but there's really trauma and stress you know uh, all around Right. And so, uh, you know, nobody should feel like, oh, you know, I ha I'm not a combat vet, so this isn't for me. No, absolutely not. You know, anybody who's dealing with any kind of stress or trauma can benefit. Yeah, that is wonderful. And and we certainly appreciate the partnership um, with the David Lynch Foundation. And I myself have had um, heard some great feedback from the, the techs that have gone through it. So. Um, and hopefully we'll get you instructed if you're interested soon, right? Absolutely. I am very, <laughs> very, very excited to, to learn TM myself. So mm -hmm. um, I, I kind of want to end this, Vin, with a game that Sherry likes to play, and it is what is your favorite things? So, okay. Uh, so the first question for you is what is your favorite quote? 
So I thought about this uh, <laughs> a little bit. Um, you know, I'm I'm really bad because if you ask me, my favorite movie is today. Tomorrow, I'll have a different answer. Right. It depends when you catch me. But there were there are two quotes that I think um, really stick with me, and I think they're very relevant to our discussion today. Um, one is by um, if people are familiar with Viktor Frankl, I don't know if you know who Viktor Frankl is Maria, but um, he was a um, psychiatrist who had survived Auschwitz and mm. came to America, and he wrote a very famous book. I think it's called, the listeners are probably familiar with it, but uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, and there's a quote from Victor Frankl. He says, between stimulus and response lies a space. In that space lie our freedom and power to choose a response. In our response lies our growth and our happiness. And I think that one, again, I'm, I'm kind of belaboring this point maybe, but one of the things that we really hear from our veterans who have learned this technique is that, that the response, the way that they respond, the way that they react, where they maybe in the past, I've had veterans say to me, there's a veteran in New York, his nickname is Big Sarge. He would say to me, oh, you know, <laughs> I was riding my bike to the VA and somebody cut me off in the past. I would have, you know, punched him or I would have gotten an argument and I just paused you know and then i went you know what i mean and so we all know like that moment where you just recognize you know that you're what that you've been triggered this happens to all of us Mm -hmm. you know the ability to self-regulate not respond can make you know i mean it can make the biggest difference in our lives in that very small moment and while we don't tm doesn't teach you that it just gives you sort of a base of calm so that when those triggering things happen, you tend to be less reactive. You know, so you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily a t- technique that says when you're triggered, you should do X, Y, Z. But it's just sort of there. You sort of have a, a reserve of calm um, that can help you in those spots. Wow. Yeah. Tapping into your inner peace. I, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Right. They talk about um, with TM, there's a, a metaphor we use a lot is that, um, you know, when you look at the ocean, it's very, very you know, it can be very, very choppy on the surface, but when you go down deeper, it's very still and calm. And that's sort of what's happening when you do transcendental meditation. You're sort of going deeper down into sort of that reserve of calm, um, and then that can kind of carry with you throughout the day. And then there was another quote that I wanted to throw out since I'm so bad at picking a favorite. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes is from Henry David Thoreau, Thoreau which I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. And I oh, first I heard... Him. Yeah, well, I don't know if you recall, um, there was the um, uh, the Robin Williams movie. Why, why, why is the name escaping me in this time? I'm sure the listeners probably know. Um, uh, the Dead Poets Society. Oh, and, yes, yes, yes. Yes, and he, always, and he put out that quote, you know, most men live lives of quiet desperation. Um, and that was from Walden by Henry David Thoreau. And I remember thinking about that a lot as a young person that, you know, you don't want to be that person who's living a life of quiet desperation. And I think that, um, again, relating it to our veterans, they don't really, that no one should have to, right? Um, if you feel like you're living a life of quiet desperation and you're isolated and you don't feel like, you know, <clears throat> you can overcome some of these issues, you know, just remember that there are people that ha- in your spot that have come through it and they're, you know, people have to find their own way, but you know, transcendental meditation is one way that can help. And so those are my two quotes. Those were great quotes, too, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you liked them. I liked them. Okay, so as a native New Yorker, what's your favorite thing about it? So it probably sounds a little cheesy, but I have to say that people, um, you know, if you're not from New York, so, you know, New York has a reputation of, being, of people being kind of mean or nasty or grouchy which is sort of true, but sort of not. They're just moving fast. Yeah. So like if you're in New York City and you ask someone for directions, they're moving fast. They will help you. They will give you tons of great information. But, you know, you, they're going to talk fast. You, better, you know, you better listen up. And like, you know, you better, you may, and you better ask good questions. That's all. Oh, they're, okay. They're moving fast. So, it's, so that may seem, that may come off as gruff, but really um, in a lot of ways it's kind of um, – it's really, I think it's just about being more direct, which I really love. And I, and again, talking about the veterans, what I love working about veterans and 
I'm sure, you know, this is part of veteran culture throughout, but I found this particularly when we work with veterans in New York, um, you know, in Brooklyn and the Bronx, is just the, the kind of no-nonsense, so direct, you know, <clears throat> they just, you know, like we, we went to visit, um, a few years ago, went to visit um, a group of veterans. It was, a, it was at the Brooklyn VA, and they had a Vietnam veterans support group for Vietnam veterans who were uh, with post-traumatic stress. And there was about, it was all guys. I think there was maybe 25, 30 guys. They had been getting together once a week for like 25 years, most of the guys. Wow. And and the counselor just looked at me and said, I don't even really do much. They just kind of, <laughs> you know, they just kind of get so much out of being together. Um, but as soon as I we walked in the room to talk about meditation, they were just, you know, busting chops, giving us a hard time, making fun of my, you know, friend who, uh, colleague who was with us. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't care. You know, there was no, and I love that because it, yeah. and that's very much how New Yorkers are. And I, I find that that's one of the things I love about working with veterans. It's, you know, they're just straight to the point. You know, we don't, you know, we don't have time to, you know, we're just going to be honest with each other. And I love that. I love that about New Yorkers. I love the, that about vets. Yeah, it's very true. Um, and my family is actually all in Philadelphia, so... I'm oh, very familiar with directness. Uh, sim- similar vibe, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Vin, what is your favorite hobby? Well, I'm a, as a New York, I'm a huge Yankee fan. So I love to watch baseball, played a lot of softball over the years. So I would say my favorite hobby is probably baseball. Okay. And then lastly, what is your favorite meal of the day? Well, you may have noticed from my name uh, that I'm Italian-American, so... Um, I could not say publicly anything other than my mother's lasagna because <laughs> others would be in a lot of trouble, which I'm really looking forward to having on Christmas in a couple of days. So. Oh, wonderful. Well, Vin, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure learning more about transcendental meditation. I myself am very much looking forward to learning uh, the technique. Um, and we look forward to continuing our partnership for 2022. Uh, thanks, Rhea. I, I mean, I can't say it enough. I just love working with the OD Warrior Foundation. Um, I think we're really doing great work together. So I'm, I'm so thrilled that you guys had me on and that uh, we're going to continue to work together into 2022. Wonderful. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.